The practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult. I'll let that settle in for a minute. Especially the accomplishment of the normal but necessary tasks. In other words, it's not about you. You know, I don't know about you if you're like me, but, you know, I'm a little bit selfish in nature. I'm just going to be vulnerable with you this morning. So as I transition into marriage, I had to understand it was not about me. Now I had, to, I had to be concerned with my spouse, and then we have a child. Sometimes it feels like it's always about her, but we gotta, we got we to shift on that. But and another priority changes. i got to be an adult. I can no longer sit and play video games. It can no longer be just about me, but I've got to prioritize my time, and i got to stand up and be an adult. i got to be a husband. I've got to be a good father. Come on. You with me this morning, church? But we're all trying to do this thing in life. The best thing we can. We're all trying to be adults. There's no manual. I mean, I guess you can say that the Bible is. But as far as teaching your children and what do I do when they've covered my white wall with spaghetti and Crayola? What do I do? Being an adult, stepping in, getting out of the flesh this morning. But we're all trying to be mature. Come on, we're trying to grow. And it's not just in the natural, but it's also in the spiritual realm as well. What are we doing this morning to grow? We can't, you know, we, we say we love people to life and we welcome you as you are. But if you truly encounter Jesus, you will not be the same. You will be different. You will be a new creation. Trying to be responsible. Man, come on, if we can be honest, sometimes we don't always get that right. Be responsible. It's like, man, I really want to buy this gun, but, you know, my family's got to eat. I'm just saying. But responsibility, but it changes as you grow in life, as you mature, as your title changes. You're a husband or you're a wife or, or you're a father or a mother. You can no longer buy that rifle, man. you got to buy a piano for your daughter, I'm just saying. Successful and stability. Man, kids, they crave and they want stability because if they don't have it, they will function outside of any boundary you try to place on them. I'm just saying. If you're saying, well, Johnny, you got to function in here, but there's no stability in their life. There's no structure in their life. They're going to go crazy. Man, summer, I mean, I pray for teachers come the beginning of school year because those children are crazy. Running around, going on the water park, didn't learn nothing. Everything they learned in second grade is gone, and they got to reteach the first two months. I'm just saying. But it's setting our priorities. I want to read this morning out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. And the Bible says, this will continue until we, I want everybody to say we. Okay, we'll work on that. We all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The reason I had you say we is because that's all of us. It's not just a pastor on the stage. That's not just the leaders at the altar. But that's all of us coming into unity with one another and reaching a community, reaching a city for Jesus Christ. But that's us. That we're all so in tune, and I'm not saying you got to be best friends with the person next to you, but you got to at least know their name. I'm just saying. But what are we doing outside these walls as well? Are we connecting with people? You know, we, we talk about growth track. We talk about, you know, small groups. Those are ways for us to connect relationally with people. It's all about relations. If we don't have those things, then it becomes about religion. We come in, we sit in the seats, we say hallelujah, amen. We get some sprinkled holy water and we call it good. But that's religion. This, this generation and what I want is a relationship this morning. Do you want a relationship this morning? But we got to prioritize it. The goal to being an adult in the natural 
and and, and the spiritual is priorities. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. I want you to tell your neighbor, it's time to start adulting this morning. Now tell the other neighbor that maybe didn't have deodorant on this morning, say you love them. Yeah, you didn't want to talk to them, but I'm going to make you talk to them this morning. Come on. But today we're going to look at priorities. Man, I even say that word, and I, I just feel people's like, oh, priorities, man. You already got things in your mind that are flying through. Like, man, you know, I, I wanted to be on time to my job, but, man, that coffee was really important. You had to explain, come on, I've been there. Man, man, out late, man, there's traffic. Boy, there's traffic. There ain't nobody on the road. You just wanted a latte. Come on. It's priorities. Come on, we've all been there. It's priorities in our life. But there's nothing, and I mean nothing, that screams adulting like priorities in your life. What do your priorities look like? Matter of fact, we're going to talk about a few of them. But I, I want to get into the, the scripture that I'm really going to hang my hat on this morning. And that's found in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. Give me a, a shout or something when you guys are there. And if you guys don't have the Bible on your phone, man, we've got a fantastic app. Christian Face Center app on your, your Google device. And if you're, if you're an Apple user, I'm sorry, but you can download it on there too. But we'll get it on there. All right, let's get into the Word before we lose this this morning. The Scripture says this. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the seducers with his reply, they met together to question him again. See, I, I want to draw a word. I'm a visual guy. See, they met together. They were conspiring with one another. Say, man, we're going to get that Jesus. We know the law. We know the scripture better than him. Man, let's get together and see what we can come up with. And this is what they came up with. One of them, so the, one, the unlucky guy, the one that drew the, the, the short straw, said, hey, you know, the, you know the scripture better than we do. Go ahead. We're going to put you out there and we'll see what he says. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Trapping Jesus, you know where that's going to end you up. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And what I find it interesting in here is he identified the law of Moses. He didn't see Jesus for who he was, which was going to be the new commandment. But Jesus replied, I love this. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. See, he didn't leave any part of you out. He made sure he identified all three areas in your life. This is the first and greatest commandment. Commandment? Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. I thought the first commandment was to, that there was no other God before you. But see, what he was doing here, and this just got dropped on me this morning, he was setting a precedent that he was the new covenant, that the precious blood of Jesus, his blood, would be the new covenant that we would be walking into, that we wouldn't be bound by the law of Moses. See, the guy didn't understand this at the time. A second, and the scripture continues on, a second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord, would you allow me to step out of your way this morning? People came to hear you. They didn't come to hear me. But Lord, would you anoint the words spoken this morning? That that anointing would break the yokes. It would break strongholds in people's lives. Would you just change our mindsets? Would you change our priorities this morning? And would you get us focused on the right thing? In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Our priorities determine our focus. Everybody say focus this morning. Your your priorities determine your focus. See, in life, whatever you prioritize determines your focus. Lattes in the morning. Sometimes it gets way too much focus. You guys know I drink lots of coffee. Too much focus. We're getting into football season, praise God. But see, 
But how many times have you sat in church or sat in the workplace and you said, hey, I don't want anybody to talk about the football game. I'm recording it. Don't mention the scores, right? Don't, don't, don't you dare say what the score is. I'm going to slap you upside the head, right? But where's your focus? Your kids are like, Daddy, I'm hungry. There's a football game coming. Stop, 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 stop. Your focus is out of whack this morning. I'm just being honest with you. In football season, boy, you could tell a lot of dudes and girls, their focus is focusing on one thing, and that's the greatest team, the New England Patriots, just saying. But what I'm saying, wait, before I lose the anointing this morning, but it, what, it, what it really illustrates is where our focus in this this morning, prioritizing. I had, and I had this visual. You, you, guys, you, you ever button you know, your long sleeve shirt in, in, the, in the night, in the dark? You're trying to get it, and you're trying to, you know, that awkward like, oh, is it this button? Does this button go in this hole? And you're, you're trying to do this. And by the time you get down to it, your shirt is like lopsided. By, you, you missed a button, right? It, it just looks ridiculous. And then you get frustrated because you got to undo the whole shirt, and you got to start over. But, man, what if we prioritized and focused on the first one? See the chain effect? See, sometimes what we find is when our focus is on the wrong area and we're just off just an inch, months and years down the road, that's going to be miles away. So maybe it's time that we get back and we start focusing on the right things and prioritizing the right things in our life so we're not miles and miles and miles away from where God wants us to be this morning. we got to get it back into alignment. Man, whether you like it or not, we live according to priorities. It's something that is first in your life. I just want you to kind of go over your mind this morning. What are the first in your life? When you wake up in the morning, are you like me? I'm just, I'm just picking on myself this morning. Are you like me at times where the first thing, you're almost like a, a sleeping drone where you grab your phone and you're flipping, you're not even awake, and you're flipping through Facebook, social media, and you have no idea what you're even looking at. That's a bad priority. It's time to change. What, what's the first thing when you step your foot on the ground? Or are you focused on the coffee machine? Or are you focused on God? That coffee's gonna make it, you know, that coffee's gonna, you're gonna turn it on, but it's gonna make itself. But man, I think it's time that we, we say, Lord, I'm gonna put you first. I'm gonna put you first in my morning. I'm gonna put you first at my job. My, my boss is going crazy. I wanna slap him because of the way he's talking to me. But I'm gonna pray for him. I'm gonna put you first. I'm not gonna let him get in the middle between my relationship with you. Come on, we all have those bosses. Just saying. But can I tell you that nearly all of burnout, all of the stress, all of the anxiety, all of the frustration, all of the issues that we can feel as humans at time stems from a place of bad priorities in our life. Okay, let me try that again. Bad priorities give us anxiety, give us fear, give us stress, give us all these things because we're focusing on the wrong thing first. We're like, God, I'm, I'm going to have time. I'm going to make time for you. Man, I got time for you later. This latte machine ain't going ain't gonna to turn itself on. These kids ain't going to feed themselves. My car ain't going to start itself. Come on. Priorities. Putting him first in the morning. But it comes out of a whack of priorities, man. We get so frustrated. Like, God, I, man, I, I done messed up again. I thought I was going to make time for you, and I just don't have any more time. I'm tired. Guys, I live this. Worked at the jail for like eight years. Man, by the time I go home, I had nothing to give my kid. I had nothing to give my wife. I certainly had nothing to give to God. But if I would have flipped the script, man, if I would have learned this years ago, man, I don't know where I'd be. But if I, if, if I would have said, God, I'm going to put you first. 
Rochelle, I'm going to put you next. Peyton, I'm going to put you next. And the job and all that other stuff is going to come in a line afterwards. I would have time for the job. Job's not going anywhere. But if you don't prioritize your kid and your wife, they may. I'm just going to speak truth to you this morning. You've got to spend time. You've got to put them first this morning. But see, I love what Jesus clearly sets these priorities. Him first. Not somebody else, not something else. But see, what he says is, all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Not just one of them. Don't just love him because you feel like it. Don't just prioritize him because you think about it. He wants all of you. Not bits and pieces. Even if it's shattered in broken pieces, he wants all of the pieces and he can put them together in Jesus' name. But you can't give him one piece and say, you need to fix this. You need to, you need to put this puzzle together. It's like, well, but you're hanging on to the other shattered pieces this morning. Will you just give it to me so I can repair your life? I can bring restoration and healing in Jesus' name. It's like prioritizing. How many people with kids in the house this morning? We've got lots of parents. I'll pray for you guys later. But I put it this way. I, I remember this one time. I found my dad's priorities really quick. So I borrowed his car. I was in high school, borrowed his car. I backed it into something, and I damaged his car. Was the first thing out of his mouth, son, really, I hope that you're okay. No. He got out that front door and said, what's wrong with this car? Where's the scratch? Where's the dent? His priority was out of whack. But how many times do we do that with our kids? Guys, I'm going to pick on myself this morning because I pick on other people plenty. My daughter falls or when she, when she gets injured because she's doing something that she probably shouldn't be doing that mom probably told her a hundred times not to do. But there are times where I catch myself and say, well, what happened? What did you do? Instead of, are you okay? Work backwards. Say, are you okay? Prioritize the relationship I have with my daughter and then say, okay, you got hurt. I love you. Now, now we got to go into the, how did this happen? Well, you know, I was doing cartwheels on the, on, the, on, the, on the side of the couch, and I did a flip. Then you get to that later. But God's been checking me and saying, you know, why don't you address your child first? Don't address the problem and the issue. Come on, that's for somebody this morning. It's for me, so it's got to be for somebody. But think of your priorities, your work, your friends, your hobbies, Facebook. Man, I know some of you are probably on Facebook right now. Nah. Come on. It's church. We can have fun in here. Your kids. But you want to look at your, you want to look at your priorities. Look at your bank account. Right now I can tell you my priority is Amazon.com. It is too easy to spend money in Amazon. I'm just telling you right now. It's just a click away. I'm like, man, it's crazy. But I also hear people say, man, I ain't got no money to tie. I ain't got no money to give. I can't help people. But then you look at your bank account. Man, I saw that rifle for $500. I saw those two lattes a day for three weeks. Man, don't tell me you got no money. Your priorities are out of whack. Just saying, let's get quiet in here. Okay, I guess, I guess we'll move on. But let's look. Instead of looking at our bank account, let's look at the words of Jesus, shall we? You must. Not like, you know, if you could kind of get there, you know, if you're feeling like. No, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Man, it looks like he's setting priorities in our life. Your heart, the center of both your physical and your emotions. He wants it all. The soul, spiritual, where you rationalize. 
The substance of a person, this allows you to think and reason. And finally, your mind, your intentions, your inclinations, and your opinions. He wants all of it. You got opinions? That's awesome. We all do. Lay it before him, and then he'll give you truth. Oftentimes, I find you got opinions this way, opinions this way. Usually, the tooth is right in the middle, and that's the cross. And I hear this all the time. The first one to the cross wins. The same is true in our life. The, the, the closer we draw to the cross, the closer the truth is revealed. It doesn't matter what your marriage looks like. It doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter that struggle you came into church. Man, you've been yelling at your spouse like, man, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church either, but we're going to go to church and we're going to praise God anyway. Even in that, even in that, if we prioritize him, he can mend that. And we put it on our church face like, how you doing? I'm oh, doing good. You need prayer? Mm-mm, I'm good. But when you're, we're, we're like a wreck inside. Now it's time to be honest, church, honest with each other, carry each other's burdens. But, man, it's also time that we're honest with God and stop just giving him one piece of the puzzle and give him the whole thing so he can work on you. But here's why it's critical. Our focus will always, always set the direction of our lives. What you focus on is the direction you will go. You put your eyes on a struggle. You put your eyes on a circumstance, and if you focus on long enough, it'll become bigger, it'll become bigger and bigger and bigger, because that is where your focus is. Instead of focusing on the problem, instead of focusing on the big struggle, why don't we focus on the big God this morning and let him come into that struggle, let him come into that situation, and just wreck it, and then just repair it, and just for us to walk into the destiny and the purpose that he has for us this morning. But you'll be attracted to it. Your focus on God needs to be bigger than your focus on other things. When you're driving, your focus is clear. Man, I see people driving, they're swerving. I'm like, man, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There's no way this person's drunk. Maybe they are. But then I drive around them. I'm trying to cautiously get around them, figuring, you know, they're doing this, and they're bouncing off the lines, accelerating. I'm like, man, this person, I'm going to call it. This person's drunk, man. I get around. They're not drunk. They're looking at their phone. <laughs> They're Facebooking, they're, they're driving with their, their foot, they're putting their makeup on, reading the newspaper, all kinds of crazy things going on in that car. Man, I have a hard enough time doing one thing. I don't know how y'all do that many things in a car. But you could tell somebody's focused because of they're doing this in life. They're swerving. Are you swerving in life? Does it look like you're kind of getting there, but you're, you're moving around and you're kind of bouncing around like, well, that didn't work, that didn't work. It's our priorities, but most important, it's our focus. Because whatever you're focused on is what you're going to gravitate to. So if your focus is on God, you will gravitate towards God this morning. But if you focus on the struggle and how bad you got in the the deck of cards you were dealt in life, that's what you're going to get. I'm just telling you. It's time to focus on him. Men, be careful what you have your eyes on. Mm, It's getting quiet. All right. Because you may get it. I'm going to let that settle in. I'm not going to preach that. Ladies, Careful what you have your eyes for, because that was what you will attract. You're wondering, like, man, why am I attracting these crazies? Crazy people. They look good, and they come into my life, and they are just absolutely insane. My mama said, my dad has said, I'm like, oh, he's a good guy. I love him, but he comes into my life, and he's crazy. Maybe it's time to look at our priorities and what our focus is and what we're attracting this morning. That's a sermon in itself, but I'm going to move on. But part of adulting, being an adult, is learning where to focus. It seems so simple. Oh, Pastor, it's easy for you to get up there and preach it and just tell us, just focus on the right things. It's not automatic. 
It's a learned behavior to focus. You can't just expect, I'm a Christian? Man, I got this all figured out. It's not. It's, we have to learn. Sometimes we have to fall. Sometimes we have to stumble. But it's a learning process. But so you've got to understand, when you fall, you're not going to stay there because you have a Savior that's going to lift you up and dust you off and encourage you this morning and say, get in there, tiger. Adulting. Man, I told you, I'm selfish by nature. I'm an only child. I I know, that's already flying through your head. Man. I remember my grandpa used to tell me, man, it's good to be an only child. Yeah, it's good. But when you get in trouble, there ain't nobody else to blame. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. But I haven't arrived yet, guys. I don't want you to, I don't want to be up here and you think that, like, man, I've got this all figured out and my focus is always rock solid, my priorities. Because I'd be lying to you. But it's a journey that we're all taking. I want us to look in Psalm chapter 16, verse 8, and it's simple. One statement. I love this. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. When you put your focus on him, when you put your focus in the word, when you put your focus on his ways, his truth, in his presence, I don't care how big your situation is. I don't care how big your problem is. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care if it looks like Mount Everest or the Matterhorn. But God will make a way through it in Jesus' name. But it's about your focus this morning. But I want my focus to collide right into his blessings. I want your focus this morning to collide into his blessings, to the good things, the destiny that he has for each and every one of you, and the purpose. See, our priorities determine the order in our life. See, I want us to look at the scripture, the order of things. The first and the greatest is to love God with all that you are. Your mind, soul, and your heart. Everything. See, we see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first. First, there's that first principle of first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Put him first. All the things will be added to you. I'm just saying. Put him first and those things will come to you. But you've got to put him first. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. See, we see this theme of putting him first throughout the entire scripture, whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it's whatever, putting him first and prioritizing. See, we see God's order like this. Now, this is God's order. I've got a couple boxes up here that somebody with way better handwriting than I wrote. So we have family, and we'll get into this. We can dive these boxes a little bit deeper. We have the God box, right? Well, God should be the foundation, should be the priority, should be the pillar that, th- that holds everything in your life up, right? The next box should be your family. Your spouse comes first, which I'll get to later, your kids, your family, your friends. And then we get over here to the smaller box. After these two priorities have been set and you've spent time here, then you can get to your job, your friends, your Facebook, your, your hobbies, whatever it is. But see, when you prioritize God, there's always space, structure, and foundation for everything else in your life. I'm just saying. It's a biblical principle. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But this is what God has set before us as a priorities. See, kids are, I'm going I'm to break down this one little box right here, this family box. Kids, I'm going to say this for all the parents just to remind you, kids are a temporary assignment. They're going to leave, I mean, unless it's a failure to launch and they're there until like 40 years old playing games in the basement. Uh, Ideally, 
There are temporary assignments, which tells you that you need to prioritize your spouse first. God's working on me on this. It's hard. Guys, I get it. Your kids are consuming. They're, they're, they're whining and complaining, and they always want something. They're always starving. I just fed you an hour. I'm starving. They demand your attention. I get it, right? But when you hug someone, hug your spouse first. When you kiss someone, kiss your spouse first. When you get a glass of water, I'm just saying, God, check me on this. When you get a glass of water for someone and your spouse and your daughter ask for it, serve your spouse first. Because over time, it seems silly and small, but eventually the the straw that that broke the camel's back, eventually those little rinky-dink things will become big things like, well, you don't love me. You don't prioritize me. You value their time. You value them more than me. I'm telling you. Divorces happen because of a priority switch where we say our kids are the most important things. And when they leave the nest, hopefully at 18, then when it comes, when they leave, then it's just us. What do we do? You look at each other like, I don't even know who you are. Like, but it's sad. But that's how many divorces come from this area in our life because we do not set a priority in our family. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Do I mess it up? Absolutely. But I try. And it's a learn. I'm telling you, I'm selfish, so I, I got to learn this. But I, 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 oftentimes I hear this. hear this from my family. Man, I just need to find birth, perfect balance in my life. I just need to find balance, and everything will be just fine. But here's the problem with perfect balance. It's like unicorn dust, man. It doesn't exist. I don't know anybody in their life. I don't care what they do or where they're at in ministry. They do not have perfect balance. If you're looking for it, you know, tell the leprechaun I said hi. Because it just doesn't exist. But instead of perfect balance, why don't we strive a better goal that we can actually shoot for? Stability. Stability. Man, I'm not going to have these boxes perfectly aligned. And, you know, they might do this. But, man, I've, if I've got God down here, I've got some stability. If I've got my family right here, man, that job is going to find. I, I never let a job ever dictate or ever dictate my time with my family and certainly not with God. If you don't like me, fire me. If, 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 it's, if, you, if I'm spending too much time here and here and that doesn't work with the J-O-B, then the J-O-B needs to see, see you later. I'm just saying. Priorities. But we can't have, you, know, you could try for perfect, you can have balance, but I think stability is something a little bit more achievable for us. But when our priorities are out of whack, that's when instability happens. You say, God, I've got a good marriage. I've got my stuff. I've got a great job. You've got all the blocks. But the problem is your priorities are out of whack. Like, man, i got a good ministry. i got a good marriage. i got a good family. But there's no stability in my life. It's because you're doing this. You're saying, my friends and my job, come on, men. We can get real this morning. Sometimes our job takes over. I put the job first. And then if i got some time, I'm going to spend time with my wife. And then maybe my spouse and my friends. i probably got no friends at this point because I'm at the job all the time. Just saying. And then we put God, who's bigger than all of it. And we think that this is going to be stable in our life. But here's the thing. It appears stable at first. It looks good. Like, oh, he's got it all figured out. He's got pretty hair, nice jeans. You got it all figured out. But then, just a little push from any side of your life 
Something in your finances doesn't go right. Something that your spouse said just, ah, uh, just irked you the wrong way. Any little bit, any little bit of force outside can knock your life over. Friends, we're seeing this day and day with this generation that they're setting their foundation. Forget about this generation. How about our generation, the older generations? Our priorities are out of whack. Tipping over, unstable. But I'm telling you, I have great news. If you set your foundation this way, it doesn't, it's not permanent. These boxes can move. If you allow Jesus to allow him to come into your life and to set priorities in your life, then you too can have the foundation of God. Then you can put the family, spouse first, and then all the other junk, Facebook, hobbies, all that stuff can come into play after the fact. But instability doesn't mean you have all the, you don't have the pieces, because you have the pieces. God's given you the pieces. You just got them turned around the wrong way. You're building them the wrong way. Are you with me this morning, church? Our priorities determine our personal health. God gives us the directive. He says, as equally important to loving God is loving your neighbor as you love yourself. But it's hard for us to love people the life. When we don't love ourselves, negative self-speech or allowing other influences, social media, Facebook, your friend that's not your friend, but he's been on your, your Facebook feed for years. You don't even know who he is. You've never met him. But you're allowing that influence in your life. You're allowing that person to speak in your life. How about we allow God to speak in our life, saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my heir, and this is who I say you are. I've given you purpose. I've given you a destiny before you. Yeah, your mom and dad might have said, oh, it was by accident. But I'm telling you right now, you do not exist without God speaking you into existence. So I don't want to hear that, oh, I, I, you know, I, I was an accident because of my parents. You know, they had this whatever. God spoke you into existence. And they didn't go, oh, I guess they got together. I got to figure out something to do with this kid. Absolutely not. There's a purpose before you were even formed in your mother's womb. You need to hear that this morning. Don't let other forces outside of you dictate who you are. But it isn't unspiritual to prioritize your health, your emotional health, your physical health, spiritual health. Man, we've got to stop neglecting ourselves. In this society, man, we talk about keto diets. Man, I don't know how y'all do that, but just these crazy diets. No coffee. <laughs> I won't go there. But these diets were consumed with health, right? We see it on the news. We buy this machine that dusts up, hopefully not like your Bible on the nightstand, but dusts up in the corner that you never use. Okay, I stepped on a little toes there. But what I'm getting at is we focus on health, but yet we're the most anxious, unhealthy, and stressed out nation in this world. How is that possible if we focus so much on this? It's because we don't, at times, we already had set the foundation. I want to be clear. Foundation, family. Now we're talking about us. When you're in your me time, your me box, what are you doing for you? I'm not talking about withdrawn from the mountain. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you could do that, praise God. But what are you doing for you? What hobbies do you have? What are you spending time on you after you've already done all of this? Because if you don't fill your own tank, it's going to be hard to fill other people's tanks. I'm just telling you. You will get burnt out. You'll be stressed. I'm, I'm done with these kids. I'm done with this ministry. I'm done with this marriage because you're not filling your own tank. It's as equally as important. You've got to love yourself. Hobbies, time for you. Healthy stuff. My wife loves to ride horses. And I've got this 
crazy weird hobby. I know you probably won't believe it, but I restore old arcade machines. It's just something for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the tinkering. I don't know if it's just the focus that I've got to be and not get electrocuted while I'm doing it. I don't know if it's a danger element. I don't know what it is. But you've got to find that, that one thing that, man, you just like to do. It's like, you know, it's just me. And, you know, a lot of times God will just impart things. Because I'm just, you know, my mind is blank. And I'm just, I'm just having fun. I'm recharging my tank. I, you know, I like to shoot. There's other things I like to do. But, man, you've got to spend time in yourself. You've got to prioritize yourself. Because we are living life in the red zone. Ministries, we're full throttle coming in the fall. We're going at it. But you've got to spend time for yourself because you'll be burnt out. You've got to be spending time for yourself so your marriage is not burnt out, so your kids don't think you're just crazy and you fly off the handle when you come home from work because you haven't filled up your tank. Guys, I'm preaching from my, my own experiences here. But see, Jesus did this. He often withdrew to be with his father. He spent time alone from people. Because people are crazy. You have mosquitoes in your life that just suck the life and energy out of you. And that's okay if you know who they are. But you got to fill up that tank. you got to replenish the blood as they're sucking everything out of you, right? But it's okay. But, but you got to spend time with yourself. You, you hear me this morning? But to love God with everything, it'll be impossible if you're burnt out. I love with the founder of McDonald's, and I would never eat McDonald's. I'm just saying those french fries will stay in your system for like seven years. I'm just saying. If you eat them, it's not a judgment. I'm just saying. You got french fries all up in here, and you might want to fix that. But here's what he said. Asked by a reporter about his order of priorities, he said this. He said, I believe in God, my family, and then McDonald's. Then he added, listen to this. But when I get to the office, I reverse the order. What are you focused on? What are your priorities right now in church? Is it just like, man, I got these new jeans. I got this new haircut. Praise Jesus. Or is it, I want to give God everything this morning. I want to lay everything before him. And I came in here all messed up, all kinds of whatever. Man, that neighbor didn't even know, man. Came in here stumbling in, but I, I know I need Jesus. See, but what are things that are priorities that we're not focusing on? But what are we focusing too much on that are consuming us with a time with priorities? Like Elsa, man, you got to let it go. If it's consuming time, if people and things are consuming time that you don't have the bandwidth or the time for, it's time to let them go. It's time to let that thing go. I'm not saying you let your spouse go. That just What I'm saying is those things, the energy and the time from the the other box should not be sucking the life out of you from your family and certainly not, I call it the God box, but your foundation in God. To every single mom, every business leader, college student, anxious human, so everybody in this room, come on. Hope and health is actually possible, but it's all about your priorities. You can change your life and transform your health by simply changing your priorities. Your stress, your burnt, your, oh, the job... Look at your priorities. I can't tell you what they are, but I think you already know what they are. You already know where you prioritize your time. See, you got to understand that God gave you life. Jesus gave you his life, which means that you are intrinsically valuable to him. It means you have value, means you have worth. Also means that you have purpose. Church, you got to understand you've got purpose. Well, I don't know what my call is. I don't know what this is. But you've got a purpose. Just because you don't know it, doesn't mean you don't have it. But you got to love yourself because God loves you. 
And my fourth point this morning as I, as I wrap things up here, our priorities determine our impact. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think of it this way. If, you, if your focus and your order and your health don't exist, what kind of impact would you actually have? If your house is broken, if you're, if you're always in the hospital because you don't take care of yourself, if you're in the mental work because you're going crazy, what impact are you going to have? Man, we got to be healthy. Mind, body, and soul, spirit, man, we got to be healthy so we can reach generation after generation, city after city. But it's not going to, he can use broken people. Absolutely. Scripture's full of broken people. He doesn't, I'm trying to see if I can remember this. God doesn't call equip people. He equips called people. But you, you can't function in a purpose and a destiny and a calling if, we, if we're such a mess and everything's so out of alignment. These priorities are out of whack. What kind of impact are we going to have? In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, it says, For if a man, this is a challenge to us, if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? Just saying, you can't manage your way out of a wet paper bag. How are you going to manage a church? How are you going to manage whatever it is that God has for you this morning? Your first priority, your first ministry will always be your family. If I come up here and preach and, and, and people come to Christ, but I have lost my family, what was it for? I've neglected the most important ministry that I have, and that is my family. That is your most important ministry. Other ministries God will call you to and you'll function in. But I want to challenge you. Put God first this morning. I want to reach a nation. I want to prioritize. See, the mission here at Christian Faith Center is simply this, to love people to life, but you can't do that if your priorities are simply out of whack this morning. God has called us to make a difference. You're not an accident. That's for somebody this morning. I kept getting that this morning. You're not an accident got purpose. How do I know that? Because God says so. You don't get into this world by accident. You have to be spoken of by God. He creates all things and he doesn't mess up. He doesn't, oh, oh I forgot this piece. He's a perfect and loving God. Nothing catches him off guard. That situation maybe that you're in right now, man, that, that didn't catch him off guard. He's just waiting for you to come to him. He's not, a matter of fact, he's not even telling you that you've got to walk a mile. He just wants you to take a step. He's willing to do all the work. He's willing to do everything that's necessary. But he wants you just to take the first step this morning. But many of us struggle to walk in our purpose, not because we don't have one, but because of our priorities. We're out of whack this morning.